The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers around the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from the previous day. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. And you guys who are watching, you already know that I wasn't fibbing. We are live right at this moment that we're doing things, but we're pre-recording the show. And on the right side of the page is where we're, we're at. So click on the play button. It'll be a different picture than Dr. Ed Group sitting there, uh, but you can uh, click on that and uh, blow it up on whatever device you've got. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and you can join us in the chat. I know we have a lot of people in there on in the morning, so good morning to you guys. And while you're there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And uh, then we're also streaming live to beforeitsnews.com, uh, top of the page over there, and we appreciate those guys giving us a spot on their platform. And uh, right up under where we're streaming live on sonsoflibertymedia.com, right side of the page is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Um, it goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening, and that includes all the articles we have for Sons of Liberty Media for that day, uh, including the morning show archive. So later on this morning, you'll see that the archive will be up and uh, you'll be able to go in there and uh, you know get the video, get the podcast, get the links, any of that stuff that you want to do. You can do that off of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Also, real quickly, in our store, which you can get to by way of sonsoflibertymedia.com, just click on the store link at the top of the page, or you can go directly there to the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the in front of it, the Sons of Liberty.squarespace.com. And uh, we're highlighting Bradley's uh, new book, Soldiers of the Cross, or Soldier of the Cross. We've got the bundle. You can get a shirt of your size, the book, and dog tag, uh, either in black or silver. For $34. If you're double X or a little larger, it's a couple of dollars more. Also, you can pick up the shirt by itself. It's $20, a couple more for double X and triple X large. And then you can also pick up the uh, the book for $10. All right. And then he's got a new book out 
that we're also promoting. All the profits we're pointing to the front, $10 as well in our store. And then if you want the dog tags, they're all the way at the bottom, um, eight bucks a piece uh, in black or silver. And yeah, I got some, you guys see those hanging there. Well, these are my, these are my dad, actually in between there, these are my dad's old dog tags from when he was in the army. It's not me. I'm not, I'm not a military guy, but you got black and you got silver. So you pick your color and you can do that in either just getting the dog tags or you can get it in the bundle, uh, however you want to do it. All right. So it's been a while now since we've had uh, a friend of mine on who has done some pretty amazing work, uh, has been chased all over the place, I think, uh, by people who uh, are in league with Big Pharma. Let's just say it that way. And uh, they want to they want to kind of do her in on things that she's been seeing such success with. And it's a it's a huge problem. One of the main things that she deals with is such a huge problem and it's growing and it's growing because of vaccines for the large part. Now, there's some other things going on, too, but for a large part, it's this. So it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Carrie Rivera. Good to see you, Carrie. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me back. It's great to see you again. It's been such a long time. Oh, it has. And you've got a high tech. We were talking, uh, our friend Bob Sisson has got her a nice Bob Sisson, back- my man. He, he's got her a nice background back there. We're, you know, we're going to, we're planning on having him here next month in November to launch his a gospel in the stars app. Um, and so mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to doing that, but I I'm, I'm thrilled that you guys are so close and that he's taking care of you. The, the background looks great. And uh, so cool. it's been a while since you've been on. Now, I, I, I got with Kate. Kate wanted to bring you on her show, and I think she did that a few months back. But tell yeah. us what's been going on with you, because it's probably been, what, maybe two years since we've had you on the show or something like that? It's been some time. It's yeah. been some time. Yeah. Well, you know, life didn't get easy for people who use chlorine dioxide. As you probably know, the Grennons are sitting in jail. Uh, Mark and his sons are sitting in jail. And then they had a, you know, one of those show trials for 30 minutes and the judge just said, okay, you're going to jail for 12 years. And these are people that never harmed anybody in their lives. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're preaching the Bible, they're helping people get healed. Um, just really unfortunate things that should never happen, but are happening because our country tis of thee is apparently been hijacked. So in the meantime, for people like me, it's not a great place to be. Because chlorine dioxide is so effective at, at you know, healing like kind of most everything. I mean, not to say everything, but, you know, I mean, it can make a big dent in stuff like some things, you know, like, for example, with autism and how I fell into that one was, you know, my kid got better like almost overnight. Like he didn't recover overnight, but he got better almost overnight. So then you say, oh, what's happening here? And that was 2010. So now we're 2000 and the 2023. So basically what happens is you you start to see the world differently. You know, you start to say, well, you know, if this is working, why aren't we all embracing this? I'm just telling you what I saw and what I continue to see. So yeah, the attacks came fast and furious and they came by these quote unquote uh, journalists and online troll terrorists and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, life has been a little bit hairy over the last few years, but of course, you know, it's always hottest when you're over the target. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I like I like that that uh, that thing there. Online troll terrorists. That's actually really good. Uh, we come in contact with a lot of this. But yeah, they're they're absolutely terrorists. Absolutely. And, and actually, the one that's been after me the longest. I mean, just an utter nightmare. An utter just crazy. Because you know, like like a psychopath. This kind of thing. Like when they're on him, it's it's not even a healthy mind. This person. Um, but they finally her court system in her country. They finally put a gag on her for two years. So she's wow. she ha- has to be off. Which I mean. 
oh, it's so it's just exhausting. It's just exhausting. You know, it's like go do something good with all that energy. You know, yes. go find something good to do because you know what 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 she does and her the little. There's a few people that follow her as well. I mean, they they just wasting their time on Earth. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And let me get this out of the way because uh, you use the word heal and, and stuff like that. And we're going we're to talk about some of these things, but I want people to understand, look, if you want medical advice, go see the medical quack with the white lab coat on that, that makes you feel you know warm and fuzzy. If that's what you want, we're here to give you information and anything that you choose to do, you do of your own will after you go and you seek out the information you feel comfortable with. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. Neither is Carrie. We're just going to give you some information. But Carrie, I noticed that, uh, you know, I went over to your site uh, and I know that you've kind of revamped that a little bit. I was going to show people this a little bit, but you've got all kinds of people that you're interviewing now. Are all these people, is this dealing with chlorine dioxide? Are you dealing with some other issues as well? You know what I wanted to do? I was, uh, well, again, my, my friend, Bob Sisson, um, I was like, I really would like to do uh, a show on Brighton. I'd really like to have a show. And I see it as like, I would interview people that I admire. And, and or people that I think are interesting. And like you and I were talking about, you know, sometimes there's these political sides, like Brighton is mostly political. I mean, you're really, you know, Mike Adams is, you know, prepping and stuff like that. But it, it kind of goes back to the politics and, you know, the world caving in and that kind of, that, you know, sort of thing. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do something like that? Interview interesting people. Like I had somebody on the other day who was into astrology and does like all these charts and just interesting things. Okay, that wasn't health, for example, but it was out of the box, something kind of interesting, and you want to hear what people have to say. And then, you know, interviewing people about different products, for example, that's another thing that I do sometimes. Or last week I had on one of our uh, Brighton people, uh, he has been to Russia and he's been in Europe and just some of the different stuff that he's uh, done some interesting stuff with autism. So, you know, I, I just pick and choose people that I think are utterly interesting. Some of my favorites, Dr. Mark Serkis, Dr. Heinz Reinwald, um, I had Bob on, you know, right after uh, Jim Humble passed away the beginning of September. I said, will you come on and we can talk about I saw you know, that. really who founded, thank you, you know, who really founded this movement that, that I considered Bob and I to be a part of, a strong part of. So, you know, that was nice to be able to talk about that. And anyway, so that's that's kind of what I'm doing over on Brighton. And it's, but I just like it. It's something, it's an outlet for me. You know, one thing is I talk about the chlorine dioxide. Other things I ask people about what they're doing, what they're seeing. Yeah, and I think that's a good thing. I have a lot of that too. I tell people that I bring people on the show that do one of two things: either they're out there doing the stuff, they're out there doing the stuff that we talk about, or they're 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 confronting the culture, whether it's in, in the issues of health or politics or uh, you know whatever it is, um, or it's somebody I can learn something from. Because we should all be learners. If we're going to be, if we're going to be a teacher, then we have to be a good learner, right? We have to, we have to be, a, 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 be able to listen and even listen to people. Maybe we don't agree with. You're making mention of astrology. I don't agree with astrology, but you know, I, I, I can, I can listen to somebody in their reasoning. And of course, my mindset is going to be to try to get them out of this thing of looking to the stars and looking to the one who made the stars. Uh, so that's right. that's my that's my angle on things of that nature. And so when I have people on, you know, we've had Muslims on. Uh, we've had uh, uh, people who profess that they don't believe in God on. And in all of those, it gives opportunity to hear, you know, a little bit about them. And pretty much everybody has something that's interesting in their life. 
And so you can grab that, but then you can have a means of opening up a conversation for something else. So I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. And we've done some of those things too. Uh, I told you about uh, Bob and I and, and Kate all getting into the LifeWave thing at, at Red Pill. And that was a lot of fun. And it's been very beneficial. We've had some people talk about that. But your your situation is 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 very unique in that you have you had a child who had autism. And I want you mm-hmm. to kind of help people understand this 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 thing of autism, what it is, what it isn't. Can we go there first? What is autism and what it what it's not? Is it really Rain Man? Are we talking Dustin Hoffman stuff here? Or is it something different than that? That's sort of a glamorized view of it. What is autism and what is it not? Help people understand that. We're in 2023 right now, and autism is now affecting one in 24 boys. So we're looking at an epidemic. So we know it's not genetic because you cannot have a genetic epidemic. Otherwise, we would have expired many, 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 many moons ago, right? Um, you know, that God didn't make a mistake. So obviously, you know, we're still here and, and it's definitely not a, a genetic situation. So, you know, what's happening and why is it worse now that we're in this toxic world? You know, so what are we doing to these babies? They come out, they're fine. They look, they coo, they crawl, they roll over, they do all this stuff. They start to talk. And then all of a sudden, child stops making eye contact. They stop pointing. They stop whatever they were doing. They stopped doing it. You know, they're basically they, the only thing they maintain doing is basically walking. And then everything else starts to change. So what happens? What, what are the only possibilities of things that are happening? And if you talk to any parent who has a child on the autism spectrum, and again, this, this word autism is like a label. It means something else. And of course, you know, when we talk about the people with the lab coats, when we talk about the pharmaceutical companies, what are they doing to us? Why do we keep falling for it? And this is exactly what's happening. Right now, if a child is born in 2023, they're going to receive 72 vaccines before they're two years old. And people say, no, no, my kid didn't get that many. Do you know how many vaccines are in each needle that they get? So if they're getting one needle today, there can be up to eight vaccines inside of that one That's needle. That's crazy. This is totally insane. And of course, the day they're born, especially if they're born in, you know, either um, what do you call it, like public hospitals or you know, the downtrodden areas or whatever, they have this philosophy that we must vaccinate because they're not going to come back for a while. The baby's born, probably fine and healthy, and then they get hepatitis B and influenza B the day they're born. And why do they need this? They don't need it because these are not diseases that newborns get. So the whole thing, you know, starts to derail the immune system. So actually, I think it would be more correct to call it a vaccine injury instead of calling it autism because autism sounds like, oh, poor little kid, they were born like that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. they weren't. Our kids were not born like that. Our kids had a period of time where they were normal. And then there's the occasional person's like, well, the birth was really bad and he was kind of a floppy baby, you know, but then you have other stuff that happens at birth. There's kids that, you know, come out with like light cerebral palsy, for example, you know, not diagnose the doctor says, oh, your kid's fine. Take him home. And he's like, and keep his head up. But, you know, they could also have had stressful deliveries and things of this nature too. So um, a lot of stuff happens on the day that a child is born, uh, which is not necessarily not necessarily what we'd want, you know, and, and, uh, and of course, you know, that, that whole, I didn't do it thing, you know, the doctor doesn't want to be holding the bag when the kid has cerebral palsy, there could be a lawsuit easily, you know, and then of course that doctor wasn't really his fault. Baby didn't come out on time or there was, it didn't turn or whatever, all these problems that we can have. But 
Autism now affecting one in 24 boys. I think it's like one in 30, some when we include the girls. But this is epid. I mean, this is we're just in a, a we're just in a, an, an explosion of cases. You know, how is this possible? What's going on? And we know it's not genetic because we can't have a genetic epidemic. So what's happening? And of course, I would say in the last 20 years that I've been in the autism world, I have met a handful of people saying to me, I've never vaccinated. But usually those people, like I said, they either had, one of them, for example, was a circumcision. Child went in at nine months. He was perfectly fine. He was sitting up. He was crawling, whatever he was doing, saying some words, and went in for the circumcision, came out, anesthesia, and guess what? Nonverbal. Really? autism. Wow. Oh, yeah. So anything that you do, whether it's rounds and rounds of antibiotics, whether it's anesthesia or whether it's vaccines, we seem to get this autism label. And again, I believe that it means something totally different, but we'll just go ahead and leave it at that because that's the, we're not going to be able to change the diagnostic tool that they're using. But, you know, the autism thing, again, back in the Rain Man day, because Dr. Bernard Rimlin was the executive producer of, of the movie Rain Man. And he started the Autism Research Institute in 1970. His son was the motivating factor for Rain Man. It was extremely brilliant. And uh, Dr. Rimlin wrote the first book against the refrigerator mother. So Dr. Rimlin was a psychiatrist from the U.S. US uh, Marines, Navy. I think he was naval. Oh, my gosh. I, I, it, he, he was naval. He was <laughs> okay. naval. He was a naval okay. psychiatrist. Sorry about that. Excuse me. He was a naval psychiatrist. And his son was different. He was born, I think, in the, the 50s, but born different. He was different. And he had two sisters. And, of course, then when they went to get a diagnosis for him, they said, well, what's wrong with him? Oh, he has autism. And 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 then they said, what's that cause? And he said, well, from the mother being like, refrigerator mother, is that quote unquote, but from the mother being too cold and didn't give him the warm love. And he says, well, I have three kids. Oh, and two on. of them are perfectly, yeah, yeah. But this, <laughs> but this was the thinking, Tim, back then. Like, like they, this is like the dark ages, you know, like, you can't do anything. They're just like that. And just go home and make some more and forget about that. And this is what we're thinking back in the day. And so Dr. Rimlin, of course, said, well, my wife is a great mother of all three of my kids and two of them don't have autism. So now what's up? He began his investigation and it took him about four years to write the book. It came out in 1964. And the name of the book, you can still get it today on Amazon. It's called Infantile Autism. And he goes to explain that, there, that you know, his belief at that time was that there's biologically something different about these kids. There's something going on. You know, he, he didn't know exactly what was going on yet or where it was coming from at that point, but he knew something was up. And so once the book was released, he started to get a bunch of letters. I had lunch with him. That's why I, I got the story directly from him. And there's some stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, an amazing man, his wonderful wife. They did just really great work. Uh, to bring a lot of information to people like me, who I walk on the stones that, that they that they laid in the in the uh, in the road, and so anyway, people started sending him letters, and they were like, "I do omega three with my child, and he's talking more," or "I changed for, uh, to a gluten free, casein free diet with my daughter, and she's doing great." And so he started to collect these letters, and then he started to kind of you know compile the information. And then, like I said, he opened Autism Research Institute in 1970, and then that was followed by Dan, which was called Defeat Autism Now, which they ended up having to stop using the term Dan because of the Divers Network. So anyway, um, now they call it MAPS. But the, the basic thing is that 
autism is avoidable and treatable. And we won't use the C word because they get real upset about that. Sure. But there are so many cases of remission, uh, you know, because that's how we have to talk, in, of remission of autism when you make these biological changes. It's not about medication from the pharmacy. It's about making some changes inside of the body to help it to work better and get rid of some of the pathogens and the heavy metals and the inflammation, and oxidative stress. But he was the first person to, to bring people together to be able to say, okay, let's, you know, let's really think about this. And he did that. He did that until he passed away in 2006. And that really made, I mean, what we're doing today, what I'm doing today is all because of Dr. Rimland. Because if he had not, you know, said anything, who would, you know, like they say, if, if not me, who, and if not That's now, right. when, well, yeah. that was him because there was nobody else coming up behind him to write a book like that. Yeah. Carrie, you're, you're, you're making my wheels turn here in my, in my head when you're, when you're talking about this guy who has the circumcision and then the the baby gets autism. This is nine months down the road. I've never, I, I've only heard of autism with vaccinations, but then you also said other pharmaceuticals, anesthesias and stuff like this. How big, how many people are getting what they call autism from anesthesia? Well, I've worked with a handful. I've worked with a handful over really? the years. Yeah, yeah, I've worked with a handful over the years. And also these people that are getting these repeated antibiotics, like they start having ear infections. So I'll, I'll see parents, this is very common right now. I see a lot of parents, especially in the last few years, they've woken up, that there's, some, there's something wrong with the vaccines. I don't want that for my child. And yet then they get sick. They get these bad ear infections and they get, you know, the doctors, well, they're going to lose their hearing and you've got to, and of course it's a lot of pain. So the parents, you know, we succumb to what's best for our child and what's best for our child is that they're out of the pain and they're out of the fever and all that kind of stuff. So we give them the medications. And in some cases, the medications uh, reduce their speech. It reduces their eye contact, uh, IQ. There's a lot of stuff that starts to happen, uh, learning disabilities and you know, diets, you know, not helping. There's so much toxicity in our food. You know, the, you know, we try to eat organic, but of course, even the organic is you know, grown right next to the non-organic and they're spraying with crop dusters. So we know that that stuff is kind of mixing around. So it's difficult to live a very clean life in a toxic world. But a great thing. And, and here's what I tell people too about that kind of thing with the organic. When I get my carrots for doing juicing or I get the lemons or the apples or any of that other stuff, I make a bowl up of chlorine dioxide and I soak them in that. So that should help de take down a bunch of that stuff that gets on there. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. At least that's right. that's what I think it should do, yeah. and uh, so that's just kind of a precaution of, of what we're doing there. But I I've never heard of these kinds of things affecting that. We know also the government, uh, you know, our government. Uh, we point to the Constitution. Nothing in Article One gives Congress any uh, say so over health or health care. We just didn't give them that. Uh, and yet they have taken and not only written legislation about it. I mean, they've passed this you know, the Obamacare thing, all of that structure is still in place despite the mandates being moved, removed. All of us being stuck in there, we're spending money on it, which we shouldn't be doing because they didn't have the right to, to write those things. Then they established something called the, what I call it, the Unconstitutional Food and Drug Administration. And we know they're in cahoots with fascist corporations like Big Pharma in order to push poisons on the population and to actually attack things that people could take, they make those choices to take themselves, which are free pennies on the dollar, whatever the case may be, such as some people have chosen to use chlorine dioxide. And you're right about Mark. We've had Mark on probably, I don't know, 
eight times in the past two or three mm-hmm. months uh, with little updates from from prison. And uh, and people are, are very much in support and they think something's wrong and there is. But what was the situation that got you? I mean, you you had you had your son, right? And he had autism. He was given. Can you give the people a little story about what went on there with your son and then how you came to understand uh, that, that you needed to do something as a mom and then what progressed from that? Sure. My son was diagnosed in 2004, actually the 12th of March, 2004. He was three and a half years old at that time. And he was going to a school where my other son was in school as well, just a regular old school. And the director of the school was like, oh, my friend, uh, she's coming into town and she's a a psychologist from the U.S. And um, I'd like her to see your kids. And I was like, all right, right, fine. You know, because I've been to different doctors and they all said that, no, he was fine. And maybe because he was spoiled or bilingual or something like that, that he had a little bit of, you know, you know, sidestep the language thing, but he had had speech and then he lost it. So they didn't, you know, factor that in. But by then Patrick was sleeping so little that I, you know, didn't even know which way was up anymore. I, you know, so you start to forget things is really what happens. So anyway, the, this, the psychologist from the U S she observed my, my, my children. And I thought maybe she couldn't tell me about the older one that maybe there was like a learning disability or something like that. And then she's like, oh, does Patrick, my younger one, does he always run in circles like that? And I said, yeah, does he always flap like that when he's running in circles? And I said, yeah, and does he always make that high-pitched dolphin sound? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you know, he might very well have autism. I was like, that oh, doesn't sound good. Whatever it is, doesn't it was 20 years ago, so it wasn't like it is today. It still is much, much less frequent. And um, so then I said, well, what, what do I do? You know, how, how do you know? What do I do? And she says, well you can do some therapies that really helps. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this sounds like there's nobody that knows what's going on here. And so the next day I go to this house that was turned into like a clinic or something. And I was living in Mexico at the time. And there were these two women and they looked like, you know, deer in the headlights, just like, you know, they had no idea what they were going to do. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this just looks awful. I, I I mean, I cried continuously for about two years. So it was horrible. But at the same time I was crying, I was still being really proactive. And so somebody said, oh, hey, there's this guy and he did uh, this sunrise program and he's living here in, in Bayarda now and, and maybe he'll work with your kids. So I, I go find this guy and he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do that anymore. I am retired. I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, but just teach me then teach me what you can do. And he's like, OK, I'll you know, give you some pointers. And it wasn't really helpful. But anyway, so I left his building. And as I was coming out, there was a woman that I used to play tennis next to. Again, we weren't like best friends. We weren't even really friends. Like we wouldn't even have coffee together. But she was on the court next to me. And somehow we would always kind of talk like our playtime was about the same time. And uh, I saw her and something said in my head, it's about smelling the roses along the way. You know, like, like the, you know, the flowers along the path, right? Because I really didn't want to talk to anybody. Actually, at that point, I probably just wanted to die. And so I'm like, hey, Susan. And she's just like, oh, hey. And she had a new car. And I was like, oh, congratulations on your new car. She said, I had a terrible week. She was a realtor. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I said, I had a terrible week too. I said, my son was diagnosed with autism on the 12th of March. My dog of 14 years had to be put to sleep because she was you know, old and sick. Uh, the 13th. And then my identity was stolen on the internet the 14th. And it was like only like days later. Wow. You know, and she turns her, she turns, I had a bad week. Turns her car off. And she says, I'm so sorry to hear that. She said, I have a friend. She started Early Autism Center in Toronto, Canada. I'm going to give her your email. And again, this is 20 years ago. So email was like kind of all we had. We didn't have any instant messaging or 
calling internationally for, you know, included, nothing like that. And so she sent, you know, this friend, Susan, uh, sent an email to the, the friend and the friend sent me back this long email and she started to explain what happened. I was like, okay, so I'm not losing my mind. So I take out the pictures and I'm looking at the pictures. I see this totally healthy kid. He's totally fine. He's fine. This guy's super smart. He's super fine. And then all of a sudden he's not looking and his face is like not making like, you know, you're everyone's smiling and he's like kind of confused, you know, like, and there was a point where he went from like smiling at the camera to the person smiling at him to, you know, just really strange, really, really strange. So she said to me, you have to start doing biomedical interventions. You must do ABA therapy. You've got to find this guy. He's the best there is in ABA. You've got to go to this doctor. He's the best there is, which he wasn't. But anyway, at least it got me started on the right path that you have to do interventions that are like dietary, there's supplements and different things like that. So that was like the beginning of the path. And then as I moved along the path, I was finding a lot of other people, especially in Latin America, Mexico, that didn't know what was going on. There was really no information. We didn't have like the Google translator translate this page. It wasn't like that still back then. So I started to translate stuff. I started to give it away when someone said, oh, you know, so-and-so also has a child with autism. Well, they would come to my house. I would tell them about the diet. I would tell them all the things I learned. I did it like one by one by one by one. And so finally, instead of having like everybody in my house, um, I got a little little place nearby the house where I could receive people. And so then it became a clinic. And then I bought a hyperbaric chamber. And then I had a doctor. Then I had a nurse. Then I had psychologists doing ABA therapy. So everything I brought for my son, I shared with the people in the region. I mean, obviously, they would pay them the hours of work. Um, but but they were trained by me and the therapists, the you know the, the PhDs in, in in conductual therapy uh, that I would bring down. I, they would be trained, and so they could work with my son as well as working with other children from the region. And that was kind of how the whole clinic thing started. And then after about well, it was 2004, so six years, 2010, and in 2010, after having done everything, stem cells, supplements, homeopathy, like you name it, we did it. And then my son was better. We would say he's better, but it was still marginally better, like considering all of the money that was spent, like, you know, like $500,000, you know, a lot of money. And so I laid on the bed and I prayed. My kids were at school and I just prayed. And I, and I said, well, I don't know, maybe I'm saying the wrong name. You know, I don't want to offend anybody. So I started going through in my head, you know, all the names that people pray to. And, um, I started to remember the drops that I bought a year prior. So in 2009, I'd been in Guadalajara with a doctor, a, a pediatrician actually, who did IV chelations. Uh, he also had ozone therapy and things like that. So he was an alternative, but he was also, you know, came out of pediatrics. And so I was there in 2009 and in walked uh, his nurse and she had these bottles. And they were, you know, women, we like those colors. It was like a bunch of like, like blue bottles, like sapphire blue and like emerald green. I'm like, oh, what are those? And she's like, and he says, oh, those are, those are detoxification drops. I'm like, well, I'll take some of those. And they were like 10 bucks. I mean, they were super cheap. And I was like, I'll take a few bunches of those things. He's like, just take a drop here and there and, you know, whatever. So I didn't bank on them being anything for autism at the time. But then one year later, after finishing his last round of another, you know, promising therapy, and he was still not, actually, he was worse. That was the last one. He was taking like 120 supplements and doing lab testing. They were just treating the labs, not the child. Horrible. Anyway, so that was when I laid on the bed and prayed. And then I remembered the drops. And I said, well, 
can't hurt, might help. I got nothing else to try. So I activate them, they activate, and then I go on Google. Now this is 2010 and Google was actually a search engine back in the day. It's not anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm digging around there, antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial, because by then I know that autism is a series of, you know, immune system goes down, oxidative stress goes up, uh, inflammation goes up, pathogen load goes up, and heavy metals. But overall, I mean, want to kind of like, you know, dummy it down from, from, from my own, you know, I don't think we have that much time together. Sure, so sure. Let's go with that. We'll just go with that one. So, <laughs> but anyway, so I said, well, you know, everything that, that I see chlorine dioxide works for is all part of the autism label. And so I thought, well, gosh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to make this stuff. And speaking of my friend, Mark Brennan, our friend, Mark Brennan. Um, so I sent, I, I'm looking for this Jim Humble guy, right? I'm, I'm online searching for him. I find some email about the church and I send some email. I'm like, I'm this person, I've got this clinic and I need to know how to use this stuff, but it doesn't have anything. They know we're on the internet is for children and definitely not for autism. So he said, I'm going to have Jim get back to you. So he, and so Mark answered my email. That was the first contact with them. And then the next day, Jim just kind of gave me some real rough numbers. You know, he's like, if a 25 pound kid, one drop eight times, 50 pound kid, two drops eight times, and a hundred pound kid, three drops eight times. My son was just turned, he had just turned 10. It was August now of 2010, just turned 10 in August. He was exactly a hundred pounds. So if you, they tell you three drops, eight times a day, you don't think maybe I should start with one drop. So I started with three drops, eight times a day. And of course he, he projectile vomited. And a lot of people are like, ah, I got poison. No, the detox reaction, because we were finally killing those things that were causing this autism diagnosis right. label thing, all right. those behaviors that went along with it. So, um, Little by little, you know, after that, I started to figure out how to use it. But that first day, I'm giving it, you know, three jobs I'm giving, I'm giving it, I'm giving it. And then, you know, like I said, that that vomiting thing happened. And then that was maybe around five in the afternoon. So I thought, I'll let him rest a little while, give him some dinner. And then he and I were in the TV room and I was reading a book and he was jumping, flapping up and down in front of the touchscreen TV, like usual, YouTubing. And at nine o'clock at night, he turns to me and says, I want bed. And I was like, you didn't just say that. So it was crazy, Tim. It was crazy because he would never say like, like things that were just regulate to go to bed or brush your teeth. Like he would never say those daily things. He might ask for like, I won't go walk. Like that is where his language got to after hyperbarics and diet. So we got some speech, but it was definitely not meaningful or anything that would be regular. And so I thought, well, I was the only one there. And of course, they always told me that my son was a non-responder. So I believed them. So I thought, well, maybe I'm just hearing things or I want to hear something. And then again, I mean, he would have never asked to go to bed at 9, 9 p.m. He was just a guy who would just stay up until you told him it was time for bed. We get up to his room. He turns to me and he says, I want to take bath. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I mean, it really, I didn't have any an anticipation for this $10 or $12, $20 bottle that I bought the year prior. I had no expectation. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I read on the internet, but I read a lot of stuff on the internet about stem cells for $30,000 and that didn't work, you know, so a lot of stuff just, you know, fell short. So anyway, long and short of the story is that whole evening was like crazy good. And then the next week, uh, one of the things I never liked to do was take Patrick on a short drive. Like if I was going to go run an errand, like after he got home from school, I usually take him with me to go to the grocery store or run the errands that I had to run. And, uh, but it was always kind of dreaded because if I came back too fast, there would be a tantrum. So there's one day and it was right in the beginning of the first 10 days. I took him to actually the homeopath. I'm a homeopath. I went to go get some homeopathy for him. So I, was, I always use a little of that too. And, uh, but it was only like a seven minute drive there and a seven minute drive home. We get home like, okay, you know, it's just going to go nuts right now. 
He gets out of the car. He goes upstairs. He walks to his room and nothing. Normally, if it was a short, be like, Slam door, slam door, scream cry. And then, of course, everybody in the house is like yelling at each other, like, what's wrong with the child? What's wrong? What's happening? You know, it was, it was just like totally insane before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's changed. So that was 2010. And now we're in the end of 2023. So we're looking at 13 years, over 100,000 kids easily having done this. You know, and they're like, yeah, it's dangerous, poisonous bleach, but like nobody's died. So where's the dangerous, poisonous part? And it's right. not bleach because bleach is sodium hypochlorite. It's not chlorine right. dioxide. So, you know, that's just an argument. And if people have any doubts that they're even interested in what I'm saying, the universalantidote.com is a great documentary about chlorine dioxide. If you want to just know about CD, not about me, Jim, or anybody else, but just really it's about chlorine dioxide. And, you know, it makes it makes the impossible possible. And when I saw, so by the end of 2010, um, people would come to my clinic, you know, to do hyperbarics or IV chelation or do therapies or whatever they were doing there. So it's now a clinic where, you know, with a lot of movement in there. They'd be like, wow, Patrick, it's really good. What are you doing? I'm like, I bought these drops from this doctor. Here's his phone number. And then they're like, well, how do I take them? I'm like, well, I don't really know. So that's when the, the baby bottle method started and stuff because you cannot start off with three drops eight times and it's totally insane. So we start off with one sixteenth of a drop. We grow, cat, you know, Slowly, one sixteenth of a drop. Whoa, so, hold, know, hold, 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 hold. We got to stop there because I get so many people, you know, we've talked about chlorine dioxide. I get so many people, they go and they get it and then they're wanting, then they send all these messages. So I want everybody to listen very carefully. I don't know how you get a sixteenth of a drop. I don't know how that can, works. You, you got a little thing, just, you slice it so, up. Can I go grab some things from my Please. desk for like one second? Okay. One yeah, second. go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So while Carrie's doing that, a lot of you... Look, don't don't write don't write the website and say where do I get that and what I got to just pay attention. I didn't okay? know we were going to talk about this piece because actually the baby bottle method started in basically 2010 because I was telling people, well, you know, maybe we should just do like one drop in the morning, then the next day one drop in the evening, sure. and then you know, like kind of grow like that. But even for little kids that were like, you know, 38 pounds, for example, that's a lot to start with one drop. So. Sure. Went to the baby bottle method. It's a 16 ounce bottle. Okay. And you that put it in That looks like more drop. than 16 ounces. Wow. Yeah, no, it's... Well, oh, it is. I guess... Head. No, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. I'll I got something. Really I'm, I, I, still have my, I still have my LifeWave uh, bottle, so it's about that size too, I think. Yeah, you don't want to put it in stainless. You want to put it in glass, glass. because we're going to hold... It's going to be held in glass. Yes. You can drink it out of plastic. That's not a problem. But if you're holding it all day long, you definitely want to be putting it in glass. Right. And you want to make sure that you've got a nice plastic tight lid because it's a gas and it can escape. So I'm a big fan of the Life Factory, even though this is like an antique now, Life Factory bottle. Um, but, but the idea is that it has a nice tight lid and then you take one ounce every 45 minutes all day long. Now, people like you or me, Tim, you know, we're, you know, I guess we would just say we're healthy. Let's go with that one. And so we might just swig off of it, you know, approximation of what an ounce feels like in your mouth. But when they're little people, you have to make sure that you're getting the right amount because if you give too much, it can be too much detox and they won't feel very good. So people um, that I work with also, I have them always start with the one drop divided into 16 ounces and we take it from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed. And then another really cool thing that somebody gave me the other day is to do enemas with these um, with this pump. So it's a fumigation pump that you can get at the um, at the at the hardware store, and then it just has this lovely tube on it, and it just you pump you know you put your water in there for your enema instead of having those you know enema bags that hang, 
and then we just pump it. And then when it doesn't pump anymore, we put the tip in and then we push the back button until it's, you know, until everything's in, it's very, very quick. So those are two of my favorite tools these days. Uh, I just, I think they're, you know, really make life easy. Now, the last time we had you on, we had you on with Dr. Calker, Dr. Andres Calker, and uh, he was talking about the studies that had come out with uh, them treating people with the convids uh, with, with chlorine dioxide. And you said you got your protocols also from him with your son. And by the way, people- No, 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 no. Oh, no, you didn't, you got it from- I didn't, I didn't meet him yet. Okay. I didn't meet Andreas until, until late 2011. And I met him at the urgence of Jim Humble because I went to see Jim Humble after they were already re kids recovered. So as February of 2011, I went to the Dominican Republic. I, I met Mark and his boys and Jim and a lot of other nice people there that were there for the conference. They, they used to do like little training seminar things. And um, so I went to say thank you. I figured out how to do CD I and mean, he just gave me some really rough, you know, rough numbers. And I started to break it down differently. And uh, so I just went to give him a hug and say, thank you for everything. And so we became friends. We stayed in touch. And then one day in maybe like May, he says to me, you got to meet my friend Andreas. And so Andreas and I set up a Zoom call and we started talking and he was saying to me about the parasites. So Andreas identified parasites in the enemas. What was coming out in the enemas were parasites. And that's why the kids were getting so much better by doing enemas, because we were able to get these toxic things out of their bodies. So they weren't absorbing all that toxic material that parasites have, like ammonia, for example. Sure. And so, so Andreas created a protocol for parasites that uses mebendazole, uh, stonebreaker, and uh, uh, I said Teresino, I'm trying to think. Sorry, I work in two languages, so sometimes we go back and forth. That's okay. Castor oil, castor oil. So that is the part that Andreas gave to the autism protocol that I already created. And of course, my protocol continues to evolve every year because I come into great contact with really interesting people like Dr. Jonathan Wright about, about uh, hydrochloric acid in the stomach, about uh, uh, rest in peace, Dr. Roby Mitchell, black seed oil and the importance of the stomach acid. Uh, just, you know, different people will come into my life and they will bring me things. Bob Sands, the hyperbaric chamber, how important that is take down brain inflammation, how important that is for speech. So many people have come into my life and I believe that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're sent they're, I, I believe that they're gifts yeah. to me. Amen. You know, they're, that, that, yeah, exactly. Amen. And I'm so grateful for what I needed. And now you have to stay open. I'm always open. That's for sure. Because you know, until you're recovering hundred percent of the kids, hundred percent of the time, I would say, you know, we don't know anything yet. So we, yeah. you know, we've, we've had some, we've had some success, you know, thank God, but we're still, you know, not getting a hundred percent of the kids a hundred percent of the time. And that's really a big problem. So we have to just stay open. And this year I got a new supplement that I'm really into called Berberine. It does all kinds of amazing things. I've heard of that. Last year I, was, I was really into methylene blue. It does amazing things with mitochondria. So there's always something kind of coming into my, my sphere of influence is really interesting. And you say like, wow, that's really cool. And, and it's going to help a lot of people because now I've watched the protocol. Not only does the protocol help children, but the parents, I mean, almost every mother that I'm working with has hypothyroidism or Lyme disease or name it, you know, or you know, the brothers or sisters, they have allergies, they have constipation, they have uh, learning disabilities. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, I did a conference last year and she took part in, uh, she was one of the you know presenters in it. And she said something really interesting. Of the 24 kids that are diagnosed with autism, she said the 10 of those is one in 24. 
So she said 10 of those 24 that don't get diagnosed with autism have a learning disability and, and or reduced IQs. So we start to look at children nowadays and you're saying, well, I don't see really anybody healthy in that family. You start to look at the other kids in that family and there's, they're also having problems. It's just not the same level of problems as the child with the autism, but you know, something's going on. Yeah. So we can, we can pretty much uh, tie it back to the toxicity that goes in. And I, I'm going to say, mm -hmm. I, you know, when we started dealing with the, the convicts, um, we've got a contributor, Sons of Liberty Media, Suzanne Hamner, and she is a nurse and she started, she called me, she calls me up. This is before we were going to have Dr. Andrew Kaufman on to talk about, you know, he didn't think there was the virus and this, that, and the other. He, he thought it was something else. And I think he's right. I think he's exactly right on it. But one of the things that she said was, she says, Tim, if chlorine dioxide is working, if hydro hydroxychloroquine is working, if ivermectin, those things deal with parasites, not viruses. So are we dealing with parasite? And I, I think that's in essence what we were what we were ended up getting towards was that kind of thing. And these things are wreaking all kinds of havoc. And I think about, you know, you get all mm -hmm. kinds of different kinds of parasites. Most of us type think of uh, tapeworms and things of this nature and stuff like that. And, you know, you go to the Bible. One of the interesting things about uh, King Herod there in Acts chapter two is, you know, he's given this speech. He's arrayed in all this shiny stuff and all the people go, it's a voice of a God and not of a man. And he didn't correct them. He liked the praise that he got. And the Bible says that an angel struck him and he died. He was eaten of worms. So, I mean, he had, he was full, apparently full of parasites. And then I learned there's a particular kind of parasite that you can have. And if you kill that parasite, it's laid all kinds of eggs. And when it dies, it sends off some kind of frequency or something. And all those eggs hatch. And then you've got a real mess inside. I think Bob, our friend Bob, interviewed a lady who had a, who had a problem. She was using all this stuff and she kept finding different kinds of parasites, flukes and all this other. And, and that's what she was finding out. And that, that was a, that was a, a frightening thought to think that you can have all of that in you, but you're doing this with your son. You're also, you've not only done it with your son, you've helped a ton of people, a ton of families and young people, uh, by using the chlorine dioxide. You, you've helped them Right. But do you want to make sure you have the chlorine dioxide on board before you start playing around with parasites? This is really important because I do have parents that are like, I just want to get that parasite protocol. That's it. So they've decided, these parents, or they've read or heard something that autism is caused from parasites, which is not the case. I mean, it's not like a direct correlation. Autism, in this diagnosis, they have bacteria, candida, parasites, virus, heavy metals, inflammation. There's a lot of stuff going on, not just parasites. And if you go for your antiparasitics before you have your chlorine dioxide on board, the kids can get worse. Well, not just the kids, the parents, anybody taking antiparasitics without having a nice foundation of chlorine dioxide, because that's going to take down inflammation and toxicity. It's also going to kill the other parts of the biofilm. What is a biofilm? Biofilms exist in the blood and in the gut. And they're made up of virus, bacteria, parasites, candida, heavy metals. So if you go in and you go after the uh, after only the parasites, like you do with like mebendazole, bendazole, fenbendazole, uh, ivermectin, what about the other parts of it? The other pathogens? They're going to be like also disturbed, and they're going to be able to like float freely. They're going to be loose. We're going to start seeing what we call flares of bacteria. So now you're seeing 
anger or you're seeing, uh, you know, with candy, you're going to see that kind of, you know, manic laughter or crying or these kind of things. So you're going to start to see symptomatic things because the chemicals that they're releasing, especially when they release in large amounts, you're going to see it looks like the physical is uh, manifesting in the emotional. It's really, you know, going like that. So that's why it's really important to make sure that you have chlorine dioxide on board before you start dealing with parasites, no matter who you are, not just children with autism, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point to make. All right. I wanted to do this while you were going and getting the thing. I just want to get this out to people. So people look, don't, don't write and say, Hey, where can I get this? You can get this stuff uh, all over the place. I mean, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. but here's, here's an easy way to remember it. If you have a hard time. Okay. Best chlorine dioxide.com. How how easy is that? Best chlorine dioxide.com. You can get it there. You can get the, the part A and B. And, uh, and then you want to pick up this book right here. Uh, this is Jim Humble's book. MMS Health Recovery Guidebook, and it's got a ton of protocols in there. Just follow what he says. It's not hard. It's mm-hmm. not difficult. I mean, we, I don't want to make it hard for people. Everybody thinks, oh, I've got to be so scientific and I got to get this many drops and this, that, and the other. And it's really not that difficult to do. It really isn't. I really recommend the bottle method to everybody. <laughs> you know, the, the Jim lived with me in, uh, for two years, uh, from 2012 to 2014. And um, Jim's a little bit more, well, rest in peace. I, I, I love this man. Um, a, a little bit more, uh, what do you call it? The kamikaze. Because I remember one time, like, Jim, at three drops eight times a day on the first day is pretty rough. He's just like, yeah, but when you make it through, you feel great afterwards. Yes. Like, that scares the people. You know, yeah. why are we going to do this? So anyway, I mean, the bottle method is great. It works fine. And people say, oh, you have to make it up fresh. Why? If you're using your test strips, it's not true. These bottles actually last about 72 hours. If you were to take three bottles, like I've had families where the grandparents watch the kids for the weekend, mom and dad go to a hotel, for example, just to, you know, R&R, they make up three bottles, stick them in the fridge. And then, you know, day one, one bottle, day two, two bottles. And on day three, they still have 3,000 parts per million. So it's all about the parts per million. And, and you've got that, especially over one day. I mean, one day, your last dose still has 3,000 parts per million. There's not even an issue with it. And it just makes your life so much easier. And you can break up your drops into equal parts. So if, you know, I, I wouldn't work with that. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody to feel bad, you know? So oh, why yeah, would yeah, we, sure. you know, do something like that when we can do something like so much easier? Or even like I got this massive bottle. And I, I drink that over the day. I can still throw drops in there, for example. And it just, you know, I just sip on all day because I sit at a desk. So. Yeah. One of the things that, that I did learn about it was if you're going to take nutrition supplements, vitamin B17, apricot seeds, stuff like that, you need to, you need to take it and then wait an hour or you need to drink your chlorine dioxide, wait an hour and take it because it goes and attacks that. Now, that was something I learned from Bob here uh, recently. And I'm glad for that, that I learned that because... I just drink it all day long and it wasn't a big deal. And I, I didn't have the problem. What I had was I had problems when I didn't take it. That was when I got, I I got sick twice over the past year. And it was when I wasn't, you know, we'd put like 30 drops Mm -hmm. in a three gallon container that's gravity fed, you know, filtering water and everybody drank out of that. And that, that was probably plenty enough to be, you know, proactive. Uh, But I didn't realize that it, it, kind of went against some of the other things I was taking. So I had to time everything out. But let me ask you this, because we are talking about autism. Do you think, and, and this is just going to be your opinion. You probably have read some things too. Do you think that all of these 
different things that are happening that they are that they are purposefully being done because these pharmaceutical companies are turning them out. They know all these adverse effects. They try to tell you they're safe and effective, which blows my mind because if they're safe and effective, we shouldn't be having any of these kind of problems coming up on people, including death. Do you think that it's purposeful that they're doing this to people? When we say they, I think the important thing would be to clarify they. So Big pharma, example, government, the whole, they're in it together as far as I'm concerned. But if we talk about government, we don't, it's not Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Right, or if FDA. We say big pharma, if we say big pharma, it's not your medical doctor, for example. There's something way above those guys that have this registered that they need to push this agenda because they need to get rid of more of us useless eaters. So yes, I believe it is, but I don't think it is at the level where people think it is. They're like, oh, but my doctor, he seems like he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's, 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 fine. he's not, well, I mean, he's administering it, but at the same time, he's still not the reason why we have vaccination. He's been, in, would you say he's been indoctrinated to this is what he's going to do? And then obviously they're going to give him incentives. We found out about that too, but he may not have the mindset that says, well, I'm, I've been taught this is good for you. That, that he's relaying it, even though it's not, even though it's, it's a lie, uh, he's been taught that it's been good. So he's doing it out of ignorance, so to speak, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, he doesn't have all the information. Uh, yeah, and that seems to me to be why the FDA wants to come out and go against all these other things that seem to work. And I'm not for mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical versions of a lot of stuff. I, I'm, I, boy, I am convinced that God has given us everything we need. We don't have to synthesize it necessarily. We, we, we can do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, I, but I was curious as to how you see that. And you've, again, you've had lots of success all over the world. You worked in Germany, you worked in mm-hmm. Mexico, you worked here in the States, and they tried to go after you. Uh, Carrie, we've got about a minute here left, and I want to give you time. Tell people where they can find out more about you and uh, when you do some of your interviews and things like that. Well, I work with people all over the world every day. So one of the beautiful things about internet in 2023 is you know, there's always this video, video conferencing like you and I are far, far, far away from each other, but we're still able to have yes. a nice conversation and see each other and it, and it's, and it feels good. So, um, yeah, my email is Carrie at Carrie Rivera, Carrie with an I, my parents had a good sense of humor, as you can see. So Carrie with an I at Carrie Rivera.com, uh, feel free to email me or go to Carrie Rivera.com just to look around. I've done some really great videos that interviewed really interesting people, people I really adore. And um, yeah, that's the best way to do it. If you have any questions or, and I got a book coming out this month of November. Nice. So yeah, so I'm really excited about that because it's been about 10 years since I released that last one. People are like, but in your book, it says like, oh, the book is from 2014. So anyway, <laughs> now we're, we're going to be up to date, Tim. Everything's going to be fine. That sounds good. Well, let me know when the book comes out and I we'll will. see if we can bring you back on. Maybe have a conversation about that too. Thank you so much, my friend. Great to see you again. Thank yeah, you thank you. Time. Hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3. Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. Don't forget, CarrieRivera.com. See you.